0: Happy Mother's Day! You know, I can't think of a better um, a better day than Mother's Day to wrap up our Love Can series. Uh, we've been in this series um, since Easter Sunday, and we've uh, we've had a we've had a blast. I, I think this is going to be one of those very impactful uh, series. In fact, I say wrap up, but I really think the truth is this little Love Can. Uh, phrase and idea is really going to stick with us here at Coastal. You think so? I, I think so. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, kind of like All In has definitely stuck with our church now over the last couple of years. In fact, you know, like today when we talk about uh, All of Us Together you know, as a church family, committing to a cause greater than ourselves and uh, uh, sacrificing together, giving together, uh, we say we're going what? What do we say? We're going all in, all in. I think, uh, I think love can uh, is going to be the same thing for us. It's going to be a, a frame of reference for us. It's a part of our DNA. Uh, it's a part of our common language here because we really believe here at Coastal that love can. You know, love can forgive. We talked about that last Sunday. Uh, Love can be patient. Love can save. Love can redeem. Love can heal. Love can restore. Love can persevere. Uh, We really do want to be known as that church that doesn't know any better than to love people, all people, right where they are, as they are. We really believe that love can change the world one life at a time. You know, this idea of changing the world, I think that's a great uh, description of moms, you know, world changers. Think about it. When you help a child, when you love a child, when you teach a child, when you rescue a child, when you save a child, you change that child's life. Now follow me. When you change a child's life, you change the world, one life at a time. When you change a child's life, you change the world, one life at a time. Now... I don't have a lot of time today. We knew today was going to be a little bit shorter uh, for me and uh, baby dedication. We got some you know, giveaways we're going to do and a lot of fun things going uh, on today. And so I, I want to cut to the chase. Now typically, um, you know me, I'm not very subtle anyway and I like to cut to the chase. So I want to cut to the chase on the front end and tell you what, what I want to see happen today. Um, it's not going to be maybe your typical uh, Mother's Day message, uh, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge our church to get involved and to be a part of solving a problem in our community here today involving children. Uh, I can't think of a better day to, than today, actually, than to talk about this because it's Mother's Day, and I shamelessly want to use that to my advantage and uh, pull on your heartstrings a little bit. First of all, let me say this. The Bible, I think, is very, very clear about God's heart toward children, especially orphan children. Deuteronomy 10, 18, you might have heard some of these verses. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. Psalm 68:5 is probably familiar. God is a father to the what? To the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. And then I love this passage in James. James says that religion that, our, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. So in other words, you want to know what, it's, what it means to uh, go to God and be accepted. What is, uh, what is seen by God as uh, worship. In fact, another translation says that, that the Lord accepts. He says is this is to look after who? Orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, here's the bottom line today. There is an orphan problem in our community today. And as followers of Jesus Christ, I believe that we both should and can do something about it. Did you know that in the Tri-County area, Charleston, Dorchester, Berkeley County, there are over 400 children in foster care, and that number is growing all the time. 400, okay? Keep that number in mind. Now, that, by the way, is right here in Charleston, okay? Okay. Our neighborhoods, our community. And what I mean by that, it's not, you know, someplace far away, okay? Not New York City, not Los Angeles, not Ferguson. You know, it's here. Our community, our neighborhood. Now, here's the kicker, though. Here's the problem. This is where the rubber meets the road this morning. There are only, you ready for this? Sixty. Sixty licensed foster families in the tri-county area. Now, you do the math. Okay, let's, let's look at this for a second. Everybody say this with me. 400. Say that with me. 400. How many foster families? 60. Do, do, you, do you see the discrepancy here? Do you see the problem? 400. 60. Now, we all know the answer to this next question. So, what happens to those other 340 children Every single day. Most of them get lost in the what? In the system. Now you tell me what the ripple effect of that problem is. In our community, in our world, in our neighborhood here in Charleston. Things like poverty, hunger, crime, a cycle of neglect and abuse. Coastal, I just believe that this is a problem that we, the church, the body of Christ, can be a part of solving. I think it's a problem we have to solve. So, what are we going to do? Well, I announced this on Easter Sunday, and I'm kind of wrapping up this series. But I want to talk about it today a little more specifically. This coming Saturday morning, this Saturday coming up, May the 16th, from 10, at 10 o'clock, uh, we've asked two different ministries uh, locally here, Lifeline and to journey together uh, to come and to speak to us about how we can partner together with them and with other churches here in the Low Country and solve this problem. By the way, this, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about, uh, this, uh, this future endeavor that we're going to be a part of, is that we're actually going to be working together. You know, with other churches in our community. You know, that's one of the things that you'll hear that a lot here at Coastal, by the way, that, you know, we're not in competition with other churches. We're on the same team. You know, we have the same boss, the same leader, the same general, Jesus. Jesus. And, uh, and I think churches ought to do more of that together, partnering together to solve uh, issues in our community. So I'm excited about that. But what they're going to do is uh, this Saturday they're going to bring all the information and uh, resources that we need to know uh, to learn a little bit more about adoption, uh, about becoming uh, foster care parents. Now, several of you uh, have already been feeling God leading you in this area. Uh, we have a, you know, several people here at Coastal, you all know, that either have adopted or are foster parents. And maybe that's kind of where God has been leading you and your family. I uh, you know, got an email this week from someone saying, uh, and this family has uh, five children of their own. And basically the email said, uh, we still have a lot of love to give. And uh, they're still interested in becoming foster parents. So, uh, but maybe you're here and you just don't know how to get started. And you need some more information. So come, come this Saturday. We hope to get you uh, started down the right path. But I want you to hear this loud and clear though, okay? You ready for this? I don't believe that God is calling all of us to adopt, <laughs> okay? Um, and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, Pastor Chris. You know, I just knew the conversation we were going to have on the way home. I, I, I believe, I don't believe that God is calling everybody here to be foster parents. I don't. He's not. You know, many of you here at Coastal, man, you are serving the Lord in great, awesome ways. You are following uh, his lead in your life, and uh, you're, you're living the adventure of a lifetime, and God might not be calling you down this path or this particular adventure. I, I don't believe he is calling everybody, but what if, you know, a few families here at Coastal wanted to go down that path, and a few families at this church, and a few families at that church? You can't tell me that within a very short period of time, we'd solve this problem together. Now, listen to me, though. Uh, maybe you're not interested in going down that path, but there might be some people here at Coastal who are interested in becoming and learning more about becoming a respite family. Um, a respite family is similar to a foster family in that they will, you know, have to become registered. They go through a, the same process, but they actually, they're not full-time foster parents, but they provide that periodic or emergency relief and care to the primary foster family. Maybe, you know, that mom and dad need a date night, or, you know, we can get away, or an emergency pops up, and they have to, those children have to stay with someone who's a, you know, state-registered family. Instead of going somewhere with people they don't know or a place they don't know, they're able to stay with people and family and children that they already do know. You might be interested in that. Here's my guess. My guess is that an awful lot of coastal a lot of families here at our church are going to get really excited about all the other different ways, uh, all the other different support services and, and wraparound services that we could provide as a church or as individuals or as life groups to these families and these children in our, uh, in our church, in other churches, in our neighborhoods, you know, over at Oakland Elementary School, those families, those children, like, like meals or supplies or tutoring or just encouragement or clothes. There's, we, have, we have a, a life group uh, already here at our church, a group of women who have started uh, quilting, uh, making blankets for, for all of these children. At the very least, here's what's going to happen on Saturday, at least beginning Saturday. Uh, we're going to walk away with a better understanding of both the problem and how together we can help solve the problem. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to sign up to come to the meeting this Saturday on the back of your Connect card and then show up this Saturday at 10 o'clock. Now I know many of you already have responded to the email we sent out expressing your interest or letting us know that you wanna come but you can't come this Saturday. So my message to you loud and clear is Don't worry, we're in this for the long haul and uh, we're going to do our best to uh, keep you informed of what's going going on and how you can be involved in the process. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5. Follow, this is to the believers, to the church, follow God's example in everything you do because you are his what? What's the two words? You are his dear children. We're God's children. He says, live a life filled with love for others. Love can. Following the example of Jesus, who what? Who loved you. And he gave himself as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's what I want us to talk about today. How do we do that? How do we follow the example of Jesus? How do we have a heart uh, like Jesus had for the world and change the world one life at a time? Let's talk about it. Number one, we got to care about the things that Jesus cares about. Okay? Okay? That's the starting point. Uh, what does Jesus care about? Jesus cares about the world. Jesus loves the world. What's this, the verse that you all know? John three sixteen. For God what? So loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You know, I, I love the word there, so. Because all, really what it does in my mind, it kind of ratches it up a notch or two, right? You know, it adds, adds a little extra oomph to it. You could say, I love you, but if you look at your spouse or you say, man, I so love you. It just, it just adds that little extra dimension. Well, God feels that way about you this morning. He doesn't just love you, he so loves you that he sent Jesus to die uh, for your sin and for mine. The Bible calls that compassion, that Jesus was moved in compassion. You see that all throughout scripture where it says Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion simply means love in action. Love in action. So here's the deal, Coastal. If we're going to love people like Jesus loved people, if we're going to open up a big old can of love, on our community, in our world, then we have to be moved into action. We got to care for and love and reach out to and speak up for the hurting, the abandoned, the poor, those who are suffering in our community. You know, people are never going to listen to the, the message of the gospel. People are never going to experience uh, life and freedom, until they actually believe that the messenger loves them, cares for them. You know, it's, it's the old saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you what care. And we've got to earn the right to be heard in our community. And, and we we need to we need to reach out and love and care, not just so that we can you know. Uh, post another notch on our spiritual belt and get people saved and get people baptized and and get them to come to church. No, we are to care for and love and to serve and to reach out to the hurting and the helpless simply because every single human being on the planet was created in the image of God and God loves them and cares for them so we ought to love them and care for them too. If they matter to God, they ought to matter to us. You know, all throughout Scripture... When you see the little phrase, the voice of God, it represents God's power and God's presence. And so as followers of Jesus, that's, that's who we are today. We're the voice of God. We're the voice for the voiceless. We're to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. We're to speak up for the injustices in the world. We're to speak up for the children in our community who can't speak up for themselves. We, the church, are to be God's representatives. We're to be his representatives of his power and of his presence. You know, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said something very interesting about who he came for. Listen to this. He said, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And Jesus said, we'll say, Jesus, when in the world did we do these things? And Jesus will say, when you did it to who? One of the least of these. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The least of these. That's who who Jesus cared about. That's who we're to care about. Number two, if you want a heart like Jesus, if we're going to change the world one life at a time, we got to be indifferent to the things that Jesus was indifferent to. Now, I know that sounds funny because, you know, we talk a lot here about mission and purpose, and all of a sudden, Pastor Chris, you're saying that Jesus was indifferent to something? Now, what I mean by indifferent was, I mean, not being distracted, okay, not letting Things get in the way of our primary mission and purpose of sharing the good news, of loving God, of loving people. Jesus then, if that's the definition, was indifferent to a lot of things. You know, think about it. Jesus was indifferent to the opinions of other people. He didn't let that get in the way of what his purpose was. He didn't care what other people thought about him and what he was doing. He was indifferent uh, to to religious traditions of his day. Listen, Jesus could care less about religion, and so can we. You know, the only thing religion, by the way, will get you in this life is cuts in the line to hell. That's about it, okay? Religion, you know, doesn't save you. You know, he was constantly ticking off uh, the religious leaders of his day. Did you know that Jesus was also indifferent to politics? Hear that loud and clear. You know, one time a politician asked him, um, you know, about what he was all about. And Jesus said this, I'm not an earthly king. If I were, my followers would have thought when I was arrested. My kingdom is not of this world. He was saying, you know, you got it all wrong. I'm here about the kingdom of God. I'm not here to change the political system. He was indifferent to that. He was indifferent to impressing other people. You know, if you're going to serve the world, if you're going to love people, you, don't, you need to not care what other people think about you. Jesus said this, your approval or disapproval means nothing to me. He was here to please the Father. He was indifferent to peer pressure, indifferent to the expectations of others. He was indifferent to worldly wealth. He said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things He possesses. What I am saying here today, what what we need to hear loud and clear, if we're going to be a voice for the voiceless, if we're going to open up a can of love on our community and on the world, then we got to be laser focused about what is the Father's business. we got to be laser focused on the kingdom of God, on loving God, loving people. You know, sometimes it's not a matter of, you know, good or bad. Sometimes it's a matter of good or best. There's a lot of good things in this world that really we can get distracted by. It's so easy to get distracted even by good things and, for, and to lose sight of the kingdom of God, to lose sight of the mission of Jesus. So we got to care about the things Jesus cares about. Uh, we got to uh, uh, be indifferent toward the things Jesus is indifferent toward. And number three, got to get angry about the things that Jesus got angry about. And you say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Chris, I thought anger is a sin. Well, it can be, but uh, there's also a good anger. Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger, do not sin. You know what? When we see people suffering, we ought to get angry. When we see poverty, we ought to get angry. When we see prejudice, when we see injustice, somebody, the church, the body of Jesus, ought to get angry about that. When children in our own community are forgotten, mistreated, abused, uncared for, and their needs are going unmet. God gets mad about that. And I think we ought to, too. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus said this, if anyone causes one of these little ones who trusted me to lose faith, by the way, he's talking about children here, it would be better for that person, listen to this, to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around their neck. Tell us what you're really thinking, Jesus, okay? I mean... I think he's pretty obvious there, right? He's ticked off. He's angry. And yet, did you know that every single day, every 24 hours, 30,000 children in the world die from preventable diseases. 30,000 a day. Do you know what the number one killer of children in the world is today? Diarrhea through dehydration. You know what the cause is? Bad water. That's it. They just don't have clean drinking water. Friends, there there are some things that if we have the power to change, we just need to make them right. You know, that means sometimes getting angry. You know, if someone tried to hurt my wife, I'd get angry about it. If someone tried to hurt or abuse my children, I'd get angry about it. Why? Why? Well, because I believe that God has assigned to me a responsibility as a husband, as a father, to protect my wife and my kids. And there are some things in life that if we don't get angry about it, then it means we're not very loving. So there is a righteous anger. Number four, and finally, we got to be willing to sacrifice for what Jesus sacrificed for. We got to be willing to sacrifice, to give. Jesus said, for even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve, and give my life as a ransom for many. He said, that, that's my mission. I came to give my life away, to serve, to actually be a ransom for, for many. Here's the amazing thing. You know what? If you'll just switch the agenda of your life, if you'll make that switch from living for yourself to living for Jesus and living for the kingdom of God, man, your satisfaction meter, your happiness meter will go off the charts because God has wired the universe, hardwired the universe, that the more you actually become like him, like Jesus, the more generous and giving and sacrificial and unselfish you are, the happier you'll be. You see, real self-esteem, real value does not come in the way in which the world says that it comes. You know, you want to feel good about yourself? You want to feel like you have self-worth and value? You know, you're never going to find that through power, through money, through sex. It's only going to come through service. Through giving your life away. Through sacrificing yourself for something greater than yourself. Jesus said it like this in Mark 8, 35. Listen to this. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find what? What does he say? You'll find what? True life. life. Coastal, listen to me for a second. Let me close with this. Love really can. Love can make a difference. Let's care about the things that Jesus cared about. Let's be indifferent to the things that Jesus was indifferent to. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's stay focused on the kingdom of God, on loving God and loving people. Man, let's get angry about the things that Jesus would get angry about. And let's give our lives away for what Jesus gave his life away for. For people. You know, it's time that we stop pointing fingers and stop complaining about the world in which we live and let's lock arms and let's do something about it. You know, let's rise up and be the church, the true church that God has called us to be. Let's change the world one life at a time. Because if you change the life of a what? Of a child. You change the world. Change the life of a child. Potentially, you change that family. You change that family tree. You change that family for a generation and generation to come by reaching out and making the difference in the life of a child. Coastal, we can and we should make a difference here in our community. And we can be a part of solving a problem. 460. That's a problem we can be a part of solving. You know, sometimes we hear about issues and problems and they seem so big and so overwhelming. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to start. I think this is different. I think we can make a difference here. So I'm going to pray. And uh, if you're able to come Saturday, I hope you do. If you're interested but you can't come Saturday, we'll do our very best uh, in the coming months uh, to keep you informed and what we're all going to be doing together on this adventure. Bow your heads and pray with me.